All right, moving on to question number two. Does a Christian, or does somebody who decided to follow Christ, have to be actively engaged or engaged in a church? Or in the church? Uh, a church or the church? Let's that do, let's do <laughs> a church first. A church. Um, I'm going to go on record as saying yes. And I know all of the ins and outs that people use to sort of weasel their way out of it. But I think if we talk about the church, the body of Christ, a community of Christians, that only that only comes to life in a church, a local family of believers that you align yourself with, that you submit yourself to, that you become a part of. So to say, can I, can I live my life without being actively engaged in the body of Christ? I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say the same because I believe that the local church is a reflection of the larger universal body of Christ. Uh, we don't really, it's hard for us to really know the body of Christ, the universal church without our experience in a local church. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I maybe I'm old school, and I know there are people who believe differently, but I'm saying there's too much about what I see in the New Testament and really some principles that I learn in the Old Testament about the power and the place of community in the spiritual health and well-being of Christ followers. And I think there's a power in corporate worship, I think there's a power in the um, the teaching of Scripture in a community of faith. I think certainly there's um, power in the relational friendship and accountability that you find in a local church. And, um, you know, there's, I don't know, 30-some, maybe more, one another's that we find in the New Testament forgive one another, encourage one another, serve one another, um, practice hospitality with one another, all all of those that are really hard to obey unless you're in that kind of a connection or community. And I know the pushback is generally around, well, the, the local denominational organization, do I have to be a part of one of those? And I get that. I, I know that the local organizational denominational setting is sometimes a really lousy reflection of the larger body of Christ. I just say, you don't have to, you don't have to fellowship with that one. Just find another one. Yeah. But don't, don't keep fooling yourselves or thinking that you're fooling God or, or others by uh, remaining soloed and independent in your own little circle thinking that you actually have a healthy relationship with Christ. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I I came, a lot of people, even some of my friends have said, well, the church isn't necessarily doing anything. Like, yes, I'm still a Christian, but, you know, it either thinks the church is, you know, disconnected from what's happening in their own life or, yeah. um, or not effective at what it's doing or out of date. Or, yeah, out of date. Out of touch. Out of out touch. Of- um, outdated is the word. Outdated, yeah. And 
I always ask them, well, what did you do to help it? <laughs> yeah. Instead of just complain. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah. What would, what would you say about the, there's a couple of movements like this, and this is the most on the fence, because most people who say, well, I just have a few friends, and that like that's my church. That normally doesn't mean anything, Yeah, if we're being honest. But there are some people who do like house church organizations, like Francis Chan yeah, yeah. is real big in that. Um, granted, they're very involved. Like That's not just a small group. Um, right. What would you say about something like that? Like how? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not necessarily insisting that the church that you speak of has to be some, you know, established denominational um, organization like we typically think of. You know, first church and second church and third church. I, I'm not saying it has to be that. It could be a really tight knit, tight knit group of Christians, but it has to be large enough to where you're just not hanging out with all of your best friends who won't tell you the truth. Yeah. So I can have a community of really, really close friends and we may, you know, be really honest and talk about our faith quite a bit, but I don't think we really, I don't think we really seize the opportunity that the body of Christ affords us if we're not in community with people unlike ourselves. Mm. Because there's a host of instructions in the New Testament that only make sense when you don't necessarily or naturally gravitate toward the people that you are in community with. Yeah, I know some people who their their family kind of does their own church. And mm-hmm. I think one of the uncle is like, teacher or pastor um and I, I from what i have seen things like that where it's kind of just family and a few friends they have a way of the likelihood of them becoming heretical just goes up because it's just they all think the same yeah way. who's going to challenge yeah. that mm-hmm. in, within the system of the family so you start hearing them just say all this weird stuff <laughs> and i'm like where did you get that right, right. where'd that guy get that yeah um yeah <clears throat> okay, well, what about, uh, as the guy who runs the online uh, streaming, what about somebody who just watches? Yeah, okay, so again, I, it might not make me very popular, but I think it's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, I said it. Um, and I, I know, and it's unfortunate that the whole experience of the pandemic and COVID and all of the untruths and misinformation that you know pervaded that whole experience um some people now live in a a gross state of fear of personal interaction with other people and so they've chosen to stay home and i'm not saying there aren't legitimate health concerns for some people to live in in an isolation but We have to be honest to that. Is that really why you're there? And then the truth of the matter is the person who chooses only to participate from a distance that's largely out of um, selfish motives. It's more convenient. It's more comfortable. I don't have to do the things that I don't want to do. Like I don't have to get up and make the effort. I don't have to sit next to strangers because that, you know, 
makes me uncomfortable. I don't have to sing songs I don't like. I don't have to, I don't even really have to listen um, as long as I might need to. If, if, if this message isn't any good, then I'll just turn it off 10 minutes into it and I start doing the dishes or cutting the grass. And, and so I'm just saying, be honest before God, because God certainly sees through your heart and your mind about the motives and your intentions. So don't think for a moment that just because you have a really great answer for why you're not currently attending a church, but you're watching online, just, just know <laughs> that God sees through that. Yeah. And if you're honestly at home because there's serious health risk with you being in a public setting, God understands that to be true. And, and he understands that then that digital participation is, is a necessity. Yeah. But you a number. If you're playing that card and it's not really the truth, then I go, you're going to have to answer for that. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, this was really awkward right after the pandemic when we started coming back and meeting together and, and me trying to be really careful that I don't hurt people's feelings or be insensitive to their fears and, and, but I'm kind of over that now. I mean, we're far enough removed that a lot of the misinformation has been exposed about what it is. And, and I, I think that generally the effects of the pandemic as far as a risk of COVID is it's far more understood and controllable at this point that um, I'm just, I'm inviting people back into that personal encounter, that relational encounter that the body of Christ provides that you just, you're never going to have it in your living room. I don't care if you're there with your, your spouse and your eight kids. It's, it's, it's not the relational community that Christ invited us to. Yeah. 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 And that's particularly true for, I feel like it's particularly true for worship. Like I cannot worship online. Yeah. I mean, I, worship's already like something that I want, like have to kind of grow in. Like it's yeah. not the thing that I naturally gravitate to. I think you're kind of the same way. Um, and I can't do that online at all. I mean, there's a reason why I cut the worship whenever I post it on YouTube. <laughs> no, wait, nobody's listening. <laughs> It's not because it's bad. We have a great band, yeah. but it's just people don't watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'd be embarrassed to say this. I do not sing by myself. I'm a lousy s- singer, right? And it's not an experience that I'm going to tend to move toward because of it's just not a comfort zone for mm-hmm. me. But you're right. I. If I'm at church and I'm being led by very capable people and there's the larger community and my voice isn't being singled out, then I I can move into it with, you know, all my energy. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that at home in front of a small group of people, even my family. And I'm certainly, I don't feel any of the connection to that in a digital experience. I never have. No. Something else, too, as far as just why I don't think you can, you can't be a Christian and stay isolated in your faith is that, like, you are a part of the body of Christ. So there's right. the, the worldwide body of Christ, but then there's smaller bodies or smaller, I guess, like pieces of that body, which are the local church. And you're a piece of that. And, yeah. and you're, no, like, you're no good as a finger 
if the finger isn't on the hand. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's the next question is like, what are some benefits? Uh, part of that is that like, Hey, you have a role to play. Like you have a responsibility, you have a calling, you have a position to fill, um, your skills, your, uh, your heart, your passions, uh, your spiritual gifts, all of those things are needed. And it, it's, it's a good thing to have a job. And as a Christian, you have a job in the part of the body. I couldn't agree with you more. You said that perfectly, exactly probably the reason at the top of the list. And the person, again, the person at home has to be honest that uh, they can't do that from a distance. Yeah. Are you just abdicating the responsibility that yeah. you have? You're taking the easy way out. Yeah. And... Um, and I, you know, again, I tried to be really delicate about that post COVID, but I'm kind of moved along now and just say, you know, I'm, I'm calling people back to the body of Christ as expressed in the community of the local church, because they have a role to play. They have a responsibility and to stay at home and avoid that is just selfish. That's, you know, Galatians, what is it? Five. Uh, you're free to stay at home, but don't use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature of just being selfish. And you're just relinquishing the contribution that you make and the responsibility that you have. And you're just, you're a spectator. You're just watching from the sidelines. In the truest sense of the word, like, you know, like you and I might watch a football game on television. We're not doing a single thing to contribute to how that game's being played. And there's people in the in the uh, stadium, and they're not really either contributing to how the game, other than you know the cheering on. There's some energy there, but the guy at home eating you know Cheetos and drinking his soda, mm-hmm. he's like making no contribution. They can't even hear his voice in the crowd. Yeah. So, um, again, if you got legitimate health concerns and there's reasons why you can't be there. Um, I get that, and so does God. But if you're just taking the easy road, the convenient road, the less um, exacting road, it's, it's a motive, it's an intention of the heart, and I think you're, you're deceiving yourself to think that it's sufficient. Yeah. No, and I don't think that you should feel... Uh, yeah, I think it's good that you've kind of moved away from that because it's weird. I was just thinking as you said that, I was like, why was it socially acceptable to like encourage fear but not encourage courage? <laughs> what? Do, what? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, odd. Um, but yeah, okay, so so you're a part of something. What are some of the other benefits that like being a part of a church can provide? Um, like if you were telling, somebody asked you like, hey, why should I be like, what is this thing? Not Not in the necessarily like, Hey, what does this thing give me? But I mean, like, it the church is a good. So what makes it good for individuals? Yeah, and again, when we talk about going to church, you and I, we're not talking about, like, you attend a service on Sunday. Yeah, and then dip. An yeah. hour. When we're talking about going to church, I'm really thinking in terms of engaging in a family yeah. of men and women, students, children, entire spectrum of ages and experiences this is a family that you become a part of and 
it provides you something and you provide it something. And that whole family metaphor of the local church is really powerful in my life. And um, I, I, I don't, that's why I would say that it's not possible to have a healthy spiritual life without the presence of that family. And uh, so the person who just, you know, jumps in on a Sunday morning for an hour and, you know, stares at the back of somebody's head while the preacher talks and then leaves, uh, they're, not, they're not engaging or encountering family. They're just, again, it's, it's a one step beyond being a, a spectator because you're yeah. there. Yeah, like I was going to say, like, there's a time, there's a time frame where that's acceptable because you're like, that, that's, that's a step along yeah. the way is to come and listen. But uh, it's short, and if you can't stay there too long, yeah. You so to me, the greatest benefit of participation in a local body of believers is the family that can be yours. And it's a spiritual family, and we're not related necessarily by blood. We don't all share the last same name. But there's a spiritual connection through our shared faith in Jesus Christ that is part of God's design for how we as Christians thrive. And um, there, there's, um, and again, I'm not saying churches get this right all the time, but it's all there. There's the comfort, there's the care, there's the, the accountability, the support, the, um, just the, the friendship that comes with being relationally involved in the life of a local church. You know, it's been really cool. Uh, we've we started doing something new at Sibyl Creek a number of months ago. Um, it's a welcome dinner. And people who are new to our church or who have been there for a while and we have just haven't really been able to make connections with them, we're inviting them to have dinner with me and a couple other pastors of our church. And we host it at the country club, and so it's a nice meal and nice setting. And it's, it's just, you know, it's just a, a place to get acquainted. And um, it's been really fun to watch the different experiences come to that table where we have those meals. And, you know, it's kind of fun to watch, you know, there's these young single uh, people who come to the dinner. And then I look around and I see them in sun- on Sunday and they're connected to, you know, other couples or couples in the church or older people in the church and younger people in the church. And I go, ah, oh, see, that's... That's a family for them as a single adult. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the, the, the assumption is that's a positive, life-giving, spiritual family where they're being encouraged and nurtured in their faith. Um, we, had a, we had a dinner a few weeks ago, and there was a gentleman there with his wife. His wife, she participates pretty regularly. He participates online but he never comes to the sunday morning Mm -hmm. service well he came to the dinner and we just had a great connection with him and i was so excited that uh, when we had our outdoor service two weeks ago he was there so what i see is him warming up to the family uh he he basically said he's not going to go so he watches online and then he comes to something a little smaller and realizes, you know, we're not that weird. And he kind of enjoyed the fuss that was made over him. 
And then he, he took a next step. And I'm just praying and hoping that there's a, there's a time when he's just a regular in the you know, involvement of our church. And again, not Sunday morning as some sort of a box to check, but he's engaged in a men's ministry because so, he's getting to know and build relationships with other men in our church. Mm-hmm. And he's there on a Sunday not because it's a box to check, but because he finds you know connection and life and encouragement in that experience. And, and so I, it's been kind of fun to watch some of what's happened at our Welcome to Sibylla Creek dinner starting to pay forward the the connection of something beyond just I attend services there. You know, I kind of see, I think that whenever you look at it correctly, I kind of see choosing and being a part of and becoming like family. It is, it's kind of like becoming like family, but I kind of see it like marriage in that, like it's not something that you just, the the second something hard happens, you just dip. Right. And and we've become so because we have such a consumeristic mindset about everything. Well, if this place upsets me, there's one down the street, I'll go check it out. I'll go church shopping. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, finding the right place, but then like saying, Okay, well I'm gonna commit. This yeah, I'm gonna commit. This place has my loyalty unless something atrocious occurs. Right. And um and and discussions are had. Like you know, even sometimes my family will complain about stuff. And I'm like, well, you have you talked to Paul about it? You know, <laughs> not that they were complaining about you, but like, whatever it is, I'm just like. Which one was it? Was like, it your grandfather or your mom? <laughs> like, have you, have you talked to them? Like, you have their phone numbers. Yeah. I can give it to you if you don't. Yeah. Um, and that also helps shape you because like maybe you, maybe you're wrong. And so anyways, what I'm trying to say is that a church can be a place because there's different people there. It can help. It's the iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. in a place that. You're, you're trying to build one another up towards Christ rather than tear each other down, but it's a place where you can go and get refined. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think you, you talked about in terms of marriage, I think family has that same level yeah. of commitment. You just don't bail every time your feelings get hurt or somebody does something to frustrate and annoy you. You're family. You stick it out. You're, you have yeah. each other's back. You're loyal to one another. And and I, I think that the body of Christ, the local church, was intended to be that same sort of experience. Um, you know, there's two or three times in the New Testament where the instruction is bear with one another. Mm. Well, what's bearing with one another? That's, that's putting up with the fact that we're human and we don't always get it right and we say stupid stuff, do stupid things, we hurt somebody's feelings. It wasn't our intention. It's, it's, it's the way it worked. Well, we bear with that. We just we tolerate it within the context of, well, we're human yeah, and we're in this together. And that doesn't mean I don't say something or I don't set boundaries or I don't, you know, uh, do what I need to do in order to protect myself from that happening again and again. But because uh, there's also instructions about that. If your brother offends you, you go talk to him, you work it out. And so, but this bear with one another thing has it's just really been the last couple of years that it's really kind of taken on a life for me. Like, you know, it, Paul, if you're just expecting that no one's ever gonna, you know, s- step out of line or do something wrong or say something, you that's an unrealistic expectation and you just bring grace to it. You bear with the human experience within the context of being a spiritual family. And 
and you you resort to the power of the gospel in love and grace and truth, and you find your way through it. But bailing every time somebody does something, and like you said, the consumeristic mindset, that happens a lot. Something I heard that I really loved, and then I'm going to start telling if somebody's a Christian, they're complaining about the church. (laughs) Um, they said, uh, well, you know, everybody who always says like, well, the church is full of hypocrites. It's, 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 there's people who are corrupt in it. There's people who are pious in it. There's people who are jerks in it. You know, they're more, ho- they're holier than now. And I'm just going to say like, well, you know, I don't know why the church is so horrible like that. Cause it's full of people like you mm. and people like me, like yeah. it's full of people. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, of course the church has its problems because we're what makes it up. Yeah, we're people. Yeah. And they couldn't name another arena in life no. where there is, they wouldn't find that. They find that in their educational systems, their political systems, your banking system, your legal systems, your, your neighborhood. There's, why? Because there's people. Yep. Uh, human beings. And there's nothing about the church that is exempt from the real life um, dynamics of human beings living in community with one another. The, the hope or the promise is that there's a grace that comes from the gospel that allows that community to thrive and actually grow from those experiences where in other arenas we just blow each other up and it, it's not redemptive in any Yeah, way. yeah, we see it as being hopeless. Like nobody really sits there and like, man, my job, like my company is... It has all these problems, but I can't do anything. Like nobody thinks the company's going to change. Nobody thinks nobody yeah. thinks politics is going to change. Right. But you, at least with like the church, it has a rule book by which it's supposed to follow, yeah. and the there's hope that it can. Like it's called upwards, and, and yeah, and uh, which is better. Like it is a place where that is yeah, it's a redemptive community, whereas other places, they're just going to keep falling downwards. Indeed. Well, there are some benefits for the church. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this presentation of Cibolo Creek Community Church. If you did, please consider supporting the ministry of our church. Your donations make a difference. To check out more resources or to share a gift, please visit us at CibeloCreek.com. Thanks for listening.